Hello everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Rewound Founder. In this episode, we have Anton who has been joining us. He is the founder of Autry.ai and one of the best AI enthusiasts I have ever met. In this episode, we talk about owning the means of production, AI, socialism and so much more. Do listen to it till the end. Thank you. Hey Anton, how are you? I'm doing fantastic, Advik. I'm really excited to be on your podcast. How how are yeah, you doing? Having I'm, I'm doing incredible. Looking forward to this conversation with you. Mm, thank you. Uh, so like before we start, can you give a little introduction of yourself to the Absolutely. Listeners? So, hey, I'm I'm Anton. Um I'm um very enthusiastic about ai uh and futurology uh i'm uh i i think a lot about uh how society will shift with with the advent of of automation software that can automate itself and uh i'm currently launching a, a startup called autry which is a no code platform where you can chain together um blocks and basically build a larger and larger automation flow and this automation flow can interact with different apis and hopefully save time yeah uh so how do you think that ai will affect the society um in what ways so i think that with the industrial revolution we saw a revolution of manual labor it it changed from having to be put in chemical energy from from your muscles into uh being able to light some coal on fire uh and thus turn a turbine and do all kinds of different things and after the industrial revolution we saw um politics change we we saw a move away from from yeah. kingdoms to the power of the people we saw more democracies because yeah. the power the power is with the people and in their head and that's hard to extract um in a in a forceful way which is why i would argue i mean sure there's moral implications of ending slavery but i would say that was one of the reasons as well because they simply needed more people to start thinking in their society now we are really cool as humans we're fantastic we've got this amazing little fat blob in our head and it can do computation and you know it's it's relatively it's it's relatively bad still i i don't have a concept for what a thousand people look like for instance or what's i don't have an intuition for statistics or or a lot of different things and then we saw computers take rise and they they have permanent memory and 
and they they process very very fast and don't have emotions which i'm sure are awesome for humans you know i quite enjoy my emotions um but but it does sometimes get in the way of seeing reality objectively now um ai ai is artificial intelligence which is to say that it is intelligence that is artificial <laughs> Um, and we are just now getting to a point where I think we're realizing the limitations of the human brain and we have thousands, millions of people trying to engineer intelligence. And this starts with programmers. They're trying to, they're trying to build models for intelligence right and it continues with ai researchers my my brother is a uh, is a phd uh working working in switzerland on neuromorphic hardware which is um which are basically they're trying to build the transistors but instead of the classic transistor, we're talking more a neural activate, like a neuron. They're trying to replicate a neuron in hardware form. And they're trying to build artificial intelligence. Now, we're approaching intelligence from all of these different ways. And what I'm seeing is that there is a couple of different ways that we are able to replicate human intelligence. Maybe not just replicate, we're able to, we're able to engineer it in a way which we certainly can't engineer ourselves. And I think that we're at, at the start of this. Which I think is, I mean, before before this podcast started, I, I said that you're in a wonderful and terrible position being 14. Uh, I severely worry for, for your generation being able to start owning stuff, start, start having power in this society before uh, as the the means of production the the mental means of production the second revolution the intelligence revolution comes along and goes nah you are useless now and you know what useless means it means powerless it means yeah. that as, as and and this is a sort of a sad take you know it's it's very yeah. it's very good, it's good. very um sort of calculating but in the end i do feel like the 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 way that our our societies are structured are around capital and and the owning the means of production and that when you don't own those two things well in this case means of production actually what you see is a massive exploitation of the labor class and this you can see in india um, you can see it in the Democratic Republic of Congo. <laughs> you know, they they don't own their means of production. 
Um, so can 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 you give a very like simple example of owning the means of production? So uh, very, like in layman's terms. Oh, abs absolutely. So I'm I'm copying this term from Marx, um, who who pioneered it, and the the means of production are simply the ownership of the production assets. Uh, what what that looks like is um, a lithium mine or uh, a website, a website that sells shoes. You you are producing something there. You're you, not as not as obviously, but you are still producing something there. Twitter is a massive means of productions. It, it it's a it's a social network and it produces. <laughs> In, in this case, ad revenue. But um, the, these are all examples of uh, means of production. And I see the, the, the digital means of production being quickly occupied by the artificial intelligences. And Autory is uh, my attempt at democratizing that a little bit. Because I'm hoping that we have people that build systems there and own parts of the automation flows that is maybe a little bit too much detail i'll stick i'll stick to other subjects um so i see the digital products being rapidly yeah. rapidly eaten by artificial intelligences because they can produce content faster they can they can get your attention better. And I think soon their decision-making capabilities and their automation capabilities, which is the big selling factor of the internet right now, it's a, it's an automation system from, from logistics to talking to one another, will be simply outcompeted. Yeah. And, you know, you will have a couple of people, hope, hopefully, as many as possible, as people owning owning the artificial the, the intelligences that that run this system, and once that happens, I I mean I see them branching into like the real world as well. Just with I mean, have you seen Boston Dynamics latest? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just cool, man. <laughs> hey, I trust that thing to build it's a boat. It was cool and scary at the same time. Yeah, I I don't know. Um, what what are what are your reflections when when you're hearing this? Uh, it's like mind blowing to see actually that uh, how far we've gotten. Uh, yeah. you might have experienced it a little bit better, like the internet revolution, mm. where everything started moving online. And now there's a uh, automation revolution, like you said, inside of the internet revolution, which is like, like I said, pretty cool and pretty scary at the same time. Yeah. Hmm. So, uh, like, uh, do you believe that there will be capitalists, uh, like if we talk in those terms, there will be capitalists in the automation society? Uh I think the automation society is made up of capitalists. 
that's interesting. I mean, who, who as like I'm, I, I think I'm the closest thing that in a way comes to a to a socialist that it comes with in within the capital uh, capitalist society. And you know what? I I still want to own the means of production, man. I still want to make that capital. <laughs> um. Yeah. I. Yeah, I simply think they that these people are the automation society. I think that's as and and if you look at you how how many people do you think it takes to run Google? A lot. <laughs> for for sure, but they had like a hundred k employees, and they started it with like with like ten of them. You know, and they built a pretty decent product. And absolutely, Google has expanded since then. But the entire point of Google is to pay people for them to automate something. Yeah. And then for Google to own the means of production while stripping their employees of their value in a way. Right. They pay them in capital yeah. and they gain the value of their uh, automation, yeah. basically. Yep. Yeah, yep. Yeah. Like we saw this at Twitter too. They had like 7,000 or something employees. And then yep. when Elon Musk took over, he reduced it by more than half. Yep. And still functioning fine. Well, I'm, I'm not sure about that, but... No, you're exactly right. They stripped half of their workforce. These And we're talking about high high quality engineers right yeah and it continued running fine yeah well, it looks like that was well, one one can yeah. hope one can hope yeah. <laughs> yeah um i i really hope i really hope that governments step in and basically and and they're going to do this horribly in the end there's there's, yeah. there's no good there's no good solution of privatize or 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 uh, buying back all of these companies but i hope that we move to a place where it's everyone has a democratic say and yeah. um everyone gets universal basic income because otherwise it's i hard see... for governments to do that if we are sitting here, yeah, we can say that, but on the surface, it is a pretty hard job. Oh, like, fundamentally. Fundamentally. You have to convince so many people who hold power now to no longer hold power. And yeah. and that never happens. That Once never, ever happens. <laughs> no. Yeah. Like... Um, this is a pretty interesting question, in my opinion. Like right now, even though we are talking about AI and the modern world, we mm -hmm. are taking examples from histories like from Karl Marx and, and all those things. So yeah. do you think that history has a big impact on the functioning of the modern world? Um, I mean, we are a little bit history, right? Yeah. The... the yeah of course <laughs> of course the precursor <laughs> state has made it so that um no, the main thing india that... pardon yeah yeah 
the main thing that I am talking about is, do you think that the things will happen due during the industrial revolution can still be applied today in the intelligence revolution of fever that way? I I would say it's less about sort of history and just observing observing natural selection. Yeah. So we are talking about systems that are self-propagating, right? Like, for instance, countries, people are self-propagating. And the ones that propagate the best survive. And what you see after the Industrial Revolution is the companies that adopted the machines survived better. They survived. I think that companies that utilize the internet and that will utilize AI, artificial intelligence, will survive better. Across the... the, I'm sorry for interrupting. For the internet revolution thing the best example can be blockbuster so yep. basically netflix netflix uh it is bankrupt now netflix <laughs> is compared uh, yeah starting but they refuse to adapt to uh, adapt to the changes and they died they died good and um i think the same can be applied the and I think that the reason why Marx is relevant is so 19, uh, let's talk a little bit about inflation, okay? In the 1980s, the United States dollar has yeah. inflated by 366%. Yeah. So this is this is 43 years. Mm-hmm. Um, now, within that time, the bottom the bottom 90% yeah uh, sorry the bottom 50% mm-hmm. increased their income by 86% on average mm-hmm. which is to say that they basically they more than halved their income yeah in in 43 years this is the bottom 50% yeah. of the the population that we're talking about there is there is do, do you want to guess where where the percentage starts to um go over the amount of inflation in that time so where where the, what what percentage of the population has gained income since 1980s 20 percent 10 percent I'm sorry to tell you that it's 0. 0.5. <laughs> The one percent didn't make it. They 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 increased their income by two hundred and sixty six percent. No, oh. two hundred and sixty four. Sorry. Um, I mean, I mean, it's a huge number still. It's so similar, yeah. <laughs> and what you're seeing with, and, and you know, income is one thing, but we're talking about wealth. Yeah. The top zero point one percent own more than the bottom 50. Yeah. And this is, if, if you look at the graphs, um, the bottom 0.1 percentage of wealth share is increasing, the bottom 50% is decreasing. Yeah. Because 
the top 0.1% own the means of production. And what's evil about that in a way is that when inflation happens, like it happened in a crazy way last year. Oh yeah, absolutely. Weirdly enough, ExxonMobil was fine. <laughs> every every you know if if you go into the supermarket this is this is companies increasing their prices yeah and sure they can say you know it's our our supply chain it, it just takes more you know we got to increase prices but their profit margin certainly didn't fall yeah <laughs> but our income didn't especially rise did it yeah, that's a great point. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, I'm, I'm optimistic about the whole situation, Advik. It's gonna be fine, my <laughs> dude. It's gonna yeah, be Gucci. Sure. And yeah, I, I just incredible. <laughs> sunshine and roses. Hey, you know, if 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 your generation is as badass as you are, and I've got a sister who's thirteen. I think it will be, you know, yeah. it's what, what could possibly go wrong? Yeah. So do you believe yeah. that the top 0.5% people got there by just owning the means of production? It's, um, what, what else would it be? Yeah. I mean, so uh, c- capital, capital, devalues every single year inflation right so your your usd decreases yeah there is there is no billionaire that holds their money in capital there's yeah, there's yeah. like they they enjoy just seeing the billion on their bank account <laughs> that, yeah. that isn't an effective strategy for surviving slash yeah, increasing right what what you always do is you take your money and then you make it make more money for you and money that makes more money is means of production yeah so i, I yeah i i do think that's how they get there and 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 this is where net uh, this is where income differs from wealth um so yes yeah um because income i mean it's realistically the the top one percent don't care that much anymore about their income mm-hmm. it's it's nice it's you know it's it's nice but they have they have i mean in in the united states top one percent is i think a, a person who holds like 10 million in wealth yeah yeah somewhat like that or, or i think it's uh, around more than half a million dollars or something i have no idea is is Maybe so i'm i i know that i know that top 1% in the united states gets more than 800k in income yeah that that that's what i um so we're talking about maybe maybe 10 million in wealth if we're talking 10 million in wealth you own I mean, franchising rights for McDonald's are about, I think, 300, 400K. You know, you own that building and then you just own three McDonald's restaurants. That, that That's the means of production that sort of 10 million gets you. Yeah. So 
you know, and McDonald's is popular, so they're they're making cash. Yeah. <laughs> but McDonald's makes more cash than the franchise owners. Ah, really? I mean, it. I mean, it has to. There are low margins for the franchise owners. I've heard. I, I mean, I don't have a lot of idea about franchises, but you know, fair enough. <laughs> I mean, sounds like a good business model. Sounds like a good ass <laughs> business model, man. <laughs> Those guys found the jackpot. Yeah. 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 It's I, I I think what will what will be really interesting is um government response. Yeah. Uh because I do think that I'm I mean I have friends, they are they are in the top twenty 20th percentile in the Netherlands. Netherlands is a developed, awesome country with great social benefits. And and the inflation is hitting them hard. Yeah. It's making it really difficult to save. So in Netherlands, what is uh, like the top 20% startup? What is the... Uh, it's uh, 60 to 80K. Uh, yeah that's pretty good like um, considering the population is pretty less than yeah but i mean population is generally an an inverse indicator of what the people make right i mean (laughs) if you look at india oh yeah if if is one one thing i did want to say about india yeah 1.4 billion people 1.4 billion people who have who have a consciousness, who have subjective feeling. Yeah. And they get, I mean, their GDP um, is like 5 trillion now? No, 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 no. It's like 3 trillion, 2.5 trillion, something like that. Ah, really? Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, Maybe as, ah, you've got PPP, which is like at 10 trillion. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, Yeah, okay. Um, but it sounds cooler if we take the lower number because it exemplifies the point better. Yeah. <laughs> um, Europe. Yeah. The United States. Mm-hmm. Brazil. Yeah. Canada, Australia, New Zealand, Japan combined don't have the amount of people that they do and we're talking about a gdp which is what uh, 15 times higher oh yeah for sure there is just it's it's what i'm trying to express is i think the system is unfair and it will disproportionately screw over the poor and the weak yeah yeah, so, uh... so let, let me tell you a fun fact. Uh, yeah. The population of two states in India yeah. is equivalent to the population of the United States of America. <laughs> that is a fun fact. That's that's very fun. <laughs> not not for any of I'm so, yeah, and I'm hopeful, and I'm so optimistic. But, but but yeah, it's. Do you think that um, more population? 
actually it's how do I put it in terms of liability and assets like good uh, working population it's good uh, if there are more people yeah then asset for the country then it's pretty good but in india right now i don't think that's the case because... look i th- i think yeah, if if you were india in the position of if w- with the with the level of development of the united states it would be great to have 1.3 billion people. yeah yeah that that's the thing but the 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 way that i see it going is that we're talking about the the means of the means of production yeah which is to say like the things that build the means of production and uh this is this is going to th- throw me into a way too big tangent so i'll try i'll try to compress it in a way yeah um what what a state wants to survive is they want to invest in science yeah. and they want to invest in military mm-hmm. and they was they or or they they want to invest in science military and the ability to produce as much as possible so basically the the, the production within a country is the factor that you can scale science and uh, and military yet yeah now once the means of production are no longer dependent on the worker which is the thing that we're talking about when we're talking about artificial intelligence it it's the means of production no longer being dependent on the worker then you have a system where uh the best case state the the one the state that survives the best yeah is one that simply invests in its own means of production military and science which is independent of the people and the people are in a way a drawback because you have to feed them you know who 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 yeah how is it beneficial for the state's survival to be producing barbie dolls or to have call centers so i think that the means of production is is i th- i think that soon as 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 soon as the means of production are decoupled from the worker what we're going to see is a drastic decrease in democracy which please know i think is fucking awful <laughs> Be- because i think the magic that makes humans is their consciousness their subjective experience yeah so uh fun podcast advic um <laughs> yeah so, uh, do you think that ai needs to be regulated um <laughs> uh i i think that um it's very difficult to regulate i think that the power structures that be don't have the capabilities to effectively understand what we're heading into i think that um look for me i think the best case scenario or or the 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 
the good case scenario that I think is more most likely is as many people owning artificial intelligence as possible. What, what do you mean by owning artificial intelligence? Owning as in owning the means of production. <laughs> owning... And what, what, what are the means of production in this case? Is I mean, artificial uh, intelligence is at this point the means of production. It's is Google is intelligence in basically they they are just a shit ton of if statements. Probably they've got some AI stuff <laughs> going on as well, but they are. We're AI is basically about a, effective uh, decision making capabilities. Things. For instance. Yeah. I think the the best case scenario is that as many people own those as possible and yeah. that it's in a way as open source as possible that that everyone everyone and their dog can try this out every everyone can play yeah um and that that there is no one such strong competitor, no one god in the field who can then effectively subjugate everyone else. Because I, th I think legislation is... <laughs> hey, it's it's cool. <laughs> it's cool. I think it, it makes sense for stuff that's moving slower. Yeah. And I think this is not this is the fastest moving thing on the planet right now. Yeah. But, but, uh, so, so you basically mean that government, the government will not be able to adapt to the pace at which AI is growing. Um, yes. Yeah. Uh, so the, the European Union recently, um, it created AI legislation. Yeah, yeah, they did. They didn't mention AGI. <laughs> <laughs> Which look, is an AGI is a is a breadbasket in itself, right? Like it's a it's a it's yeah. a thing on its own. We're, we we don't even necessarily have to go to AGI. We're talking about we're talking about what I'm trying to build. Yeah. Is systems that make money with as little input or make power, make means of production with as little input as possible. Yeah. We're, we're to, and and this an, an example automation is here uh, automating your Twitter account. Uh, I'm I'm a freelancer or or sometimes I'm a freelancer. One of the first automations that I built for myself was something that auto applies to jobs for me and that finds the jobs that are most interesting. And I see the capabilities of the system that I'm building in hopefully being able to fully automate the, the freelancing process. And if we're talking about being able to fully automate the freelancing process, We've we've talked about automating digital intelligent like the the work in the digital sphere generally, right? Um. 
what was the question? <laughs> Should AI be regulated? Uh, um, I, I, I don't know how. I don't know how. I think for the, I think the best case scenario in a way is that or or the, the the only way that it can be regulated is for states to go, okay, we are we are entirely equal now, everyone in this state. And we profit together off these means of production that that everyone builds together with all of the intelligences that our that our country builds is uniformly distributed amongst everyone within the system. But we all know that it's not possible. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I, I I'm not so sure. I, I I think that that absolutely there are some power structures at play here. I do think that in the past, in the past, there are governments that have made socialist decisions which are there for the good of the people and i do think there is many 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 people who hold hold sort of this subjective experience yeah, that yeah. we get through consciousness mm -hmm. as the most important thing you know it's it's uh, the their metric is their metric is the more people are happy and the less people are sad or or the 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 function which is basically human total happiness whether it's happiness or contentment you know it's it's kind of hard to define the value function but i think there's many people who are interested in that and i think that there is a possibility that especially in smaller states um, and I think maybe New Zealand is one of them. I think there there is a lot of decision making that exists in New Zealand, which is there for the people. Yeah. And absolutely, uh, they had a they had a banker as the last president who, who <laughs> fucked people over and spied on them. But sure. hey, hey, you know, <laughs> that's what you get. So I'm I am hoping that yeah, yeah. that there is a possibility for some some amazing selfless people to to come together and go okay we're going to bite this bullet. And not everyone's going to like it but this is for the greater good. Yeah. Yeah. Who, who do you think that person will be? That idle person? Well, like kind of, um, like some revolutionary or something. Is look this, I I I suffer from delusions of grandeur. You see, um, <laughs> it's a it's an occupational hazard when you think think as much about the future as I do. But for me, the the most beautiful person would be me. It's I I the 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 way that I imagine the most beautiful anton the, the the most the one that i could be most proud of is that at some point i sit in front of a red button and it says decentralize everything <laughs> and i it's slap really that okay. bad boy <laughs> you you want to be the vladimir lenin of the modern world as yeah i mean both both of those guys didn't do so do so good in the end yeah. so preferably yeah. i'd prefer to be the anton von hunabein of the modern world but um, 
I am aware that these are delusions of grandeur as well. So I'm happy to fit into a larger, larger yeah. successful <laughs> movement. Yeah. Uh, it's, I maybe it is the head of state of New Zealand or like these super the super socialist countries maybe Sweden. Um, I think there is a there is a lot of countries which genuinely care about their population and their population's well being. Yeah, yeah, but but uh, do you think that socialism is inversely proportional to the population of a country? Socialism both is New Zealand and Sweden have a very low population when compared to other like sure and people. and if you're talking about Brazil or the United States, I mean yeah. their level and of India, socialism yeah. is lower than the one, for instance, in Germany, which is again lower than the one in yeah in Switzerland, for instance. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's a really interesting question. Um, I can't actually come up with a counterexample. Let's see. Yeah. Uh, certainly not Russia. Um, <laughs> I, 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 to a certain degree, I, I know that that India has many systemic problems. Uh, yes. from from corruption to centralization of wealth again in in those top ranks. Um, I mean, it's a in general, it's the case with uh most of the countries. I'll not say all countries. Yeah. It's, uh, I agree. And what I think is amazing about India, I think the, the education system is, I'm, I mean, it, uh... no, no. Okay. <laughs> hey, you you would know this way better than I would. I don't think I want to comment any further on something that I truly know medium about. <laughs> the education system of India mm -hmm. is basically the same, but like some little alterations. So yeah, the colonial kind of thing. Really? So okay, yeah, sounds expensive. Sounds expensive. Oh, for sure. Um. Yeah, I I guess I'm I'm so that this there may be a correlation, not causation, <laughs> between socialization and population size, but I think it's a very interesting thought. Um. Yeah, I think in uh, are you are you familiar with um the the um the decay curve? Mm -hmm. No. Or, or is I mean as whatever it is you you know those graphs that for for uh for monetary distribution within a population well, and you yeah, have basically a huge amount that's located in the top couple of percent and yeah, then yeah, yeah. It, it exponentially decreases mm -hmm. what i could imagine is that in countries like china india the united states yeah. just because there are so many people there's a couple yeah. of people which just hold so much of the power so so much of yeah. the influence uh that they can effectively make socialism very difficult uh yeah uh that that is one causation that i could or or mm -hmm. correlation with population size that that i could think of but i i think it's a cool thought really cool i think <laughs> <laughs> yeah like the way you 
and uh, think about means of production is the same way i think about physics and science and all these things <laughs> ah yeah that's random awesome. thoughts uh which i then research about and come to a conclusion most of the things what 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 sort of what what idea is one that, that what what's your current favorite idea uh in relation to uh, it's, it's you i mean for for me it's this one the one that we're talking about um for it, you yeah. in within physics maybe chemistry what what whatever it is what what are you currently playing with mentally that's just that's just I, exciting to you i'm thinking a lot about black holes and all these things these days that's like cool at one point some thought at at another point it's some other thought and i try to come up with some relation Mm. I um for for me there is um ways that I encourage learning in myself. Yeah. Um and uh it's asking questions and and sort of trying to figure out and then relating. And and the unified theory for learning that I have is basically yeah. the amount of processing time that you put into something, yeah. the 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 amount of hard difficult thought you put into something, the level of sort of understanding and and high quality thinking you can do in that space. Yeah. And if you're interested, I have I I'm currently testing three exercises on myself. Yeah. Um, to improve my cognitive abilities mm-hmm. and, and i um so there is loading and unloading which is yeah. the um you take any anything so when you're when you're walking you see a plant um i'm not sure whether you have nettles in india but nettles are quite common here they what they have nettles? i think i've heard about them. Uh, it's, they're stinging they're they're annoying bastards <laughs> But <laughs> it's then you start off, okay, um, yeah. what's their reproduction look like? And then you yeah. load all of the information that you could possibly know about nettles yeah. uh, into your brain from from what um, what what makes them what makes them able to survive in this in this ecology, whatever. you you try to bring it all up. And then you breathe out, and you clear your mind. Oh, that I, 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 uh, without thinking about it, I do use that. That's like awesome. About, for example, uh, the black holes and stuff. Yeah. Like I read a lot about it and gathered a lot of information. Then the useless part, or I'll not say useless part, the part which was not of any use to me at mm-hmm. that particular particular time. I don't focus a lot on that. Mm. So I think it's kind of like what you. Yeah. About. Yeah. Uh, and I think that so in general, the school system makes it really good that information goes into your brain. Yeah. But the actual getting it out and the being creative about getting it out is is severely under prioritized. I think so there should the education be... system in Netherlands well developed. Is it like... It's uh, extremely fantastic. 
but I, I still think that, I mean, there's a couple of courses that I would just really like to see, but that don't exist. And they mm-hmm. mainly exist around meditation, nonviolent communication, <laughs> that sort of thing. I mean, it's important <laughs> in today's... <laughs> yeah. And what do emotions feel like was something that I had to discover for myself in adulthood. Um, and you know what? It's really, really handy to know when you're angry or when you're upset or when you're stressed and being able to pinpoint, oh, oh, I'm angry and go like, oh, okay, I'm angry. There we go. That's where all those crazy ass thoughts are coming from. Let's let's chill a little bit. You know, I'm just angry. Trust me, when a person is angry, he does not think about it. Um, the, the, the second exercise is, okay, it, for me, this is, this is my theory of how to generate creativity in the brain. Yes. So, um, you load two separate things now and preferably they are a little bit related because then, uh, then, yeah. then you can, then you can sort of find some matching points and you just bring up all the ways in way that 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 they're similar oh how are they different um and then i it's crazy to me i can i can manufacture good ideas well I've, sometimes they're the medium ideas thing. really the thing that you're talking about right yeah <laughs> I, I do this like uh, i'll give an example yeah i was uh, studying about or actually reading about yeah vacuums and gravitational pull mm. so these are two uh, different things yeah in a black hole both of them both of them exist or what i think no yeah uh, so i try to come up with ideas to make up relations between both of them inside of a black hole yeah so it's like basically the same thing that you're talking about that's I'm... yeah it is that's super cool man Uh, and i think i think the more the more you do it and uh and you need to fact check yourself right like you you have to you have to keep learning and you have to go like oh no i mean there i i've there's garbage ideas with good ideas and they're kind of hard to distinguish sometimes but uh yeah it manufactures it manufactures creativity how cool is that how cool is that my dude um and the last one is self-explanations are one of the most powerful things that you can do for sure <laughs> it's just explain stuff to yourself yeah. and and i've started doing this i was recently doing this in a, a lot of the thoughts that we're talking about right now um i was in a park in new zealand uh, in christchurch and I had just read my way through the Wikipedia page for for economics, and then a little bit into Marx, you know, these these separate guys. Yeah, yeah. And then I explained it front to back to me, and I tried to bring as and and you know, then you ask yourself a hard question like, um, uh, how how is the means of production affected by uh, the military of the state, for instance, yeah. or. You know, uh, how does how does the United Kingdom use colonialism to strengthen its now position in the financial market or something like that? Yeah. Um, so and it's just cool. similar from what I do. <laughs> <laughs> like, 
you think you think or read a lot about history economics and all these things so self explanation can be useful but for like in physics and mm-hmm. science in particular self yeah. explanation is all right to some extent mm-hmm. but after you have to get into the facts and stuff so uh, in this mm-hmm. in science and physics i'd say more than self explanation self yeah. contradiction is more important oh interesting tell me about that so uh, like i don't think i have an example but uh, let's say you uh, figure something out you think of a relation mm-hmm. between something do you, do you want me to so i call it self interrogation uh, is it similar yeah kind of like that <laughs> Kind you just like you, you just keep asking why and going yeah. like is that really yeah. true though bro yeah. what are some yeah. countering evidences towards that yeah same sort thing. of like that yeah same thing i i think the more the more you do these couple of things yeah the better your brain becomes <laughs> and i think the the more you do these things at 14 and i didn't start at 14 well i i started my own little things at 14 right like um the the crazier the crazy like the crazy good you'll get yeah <laughs> because you've got some neuroplasticity left <laughs> <laughs> what message would you like to give to all the young like builders and creators out there Um, um I I think that I think that if you know yourself truly well if if you if you look inside a lot you will find the key to the outside yeah. I I think that understanding yourself being kind to yourself are are the most valuable tools that, that you can have otherwise you're walking blind being able to receive criticism is a superpower mm-hmm. being able to understand where you're wrong is a superpower yeah. being able to not let yourself be led by by every whim and and bleh <laughs> is a superpower yeah and i think that once you start listening to yourself you build up empathy to yourself you understand that you're a meat blob who is living in a crazy world filled with 15 different impulses every single day from from twitter to your friends messaging you i mean screw it this entire world is designed to grab your attention at this point yeah and once you once you start realizing that this is a human journey and that you are a human um you can start to extend empathy to other people because they're just human and once you're just hanging out with humans and you're 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 just having a good time with 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 us um i think it becomes a lot easier to be an entrepreneur yeah 